0: Okay, God, the podium just got put in front of me. The lights are about ready to come up. It's time. Ah! I hate this feeling. Fear is all over me. It's like a weighted wet blanket on me. Who am I kidding? I'm not smart enough to do this. I'm a fraud. People People are are gonna gonna see that that I really really am an idiot. Have a good morning, everyone. Thank you, all right. Thanks, Dave, I appreciate that. Good. Is this thing on? Hello, hello. Do I need to start making comments about nobody wearing a Washington jersey or anything like that? Yeah, okay, all right. Hey, I, there's a, a picture that I have on, uh, it's my screensaver on my laptop. And it is, the, uh, it is this picture right here of the Normandy invasion. This is June 6, 1944. Many of you all are probably familiar with this. I am uh, fascinated by World War II. I'm just absolutely, uh, when I was in high school, we, American history about World War II, I've done uh, a lot of reading. I am not an expert by any stretch of the imagination. I have uh, grandparents that actually fought in World War II. Um, in fact, I've got my mom's dad was actually one of the most junior officers involved in the logistics planning, supply planning for D-Day and was, uh, so that's my claim to fame as close as I got to any type of historical thing. But there's something about this that, and the reason why I have this on my laptop is because one of the things that I've struggled with for years uh, and still has a tendency to really creep up is this idea of fear. And the thing with this photo here When you think about what happened, these guys did training for about 18 months in the full expectation of going and landing on the beaches in Normandy, France. It was about a 50 mile stretch of beachhead. And these men knew that they were going into the very teeth of the German defenses. And Germany had spent about four years building up, five years building up incredible defenses to prevent this very thing from happening. And the thing with this, on June 6 of 1944, 150,000 Allied troops landed on those beaches. Within one day, there were more than 10,000 Allied casualties with more than 2,500 Allied uh, soldiers being killed in that one day. One of my all-time favorite movies is that of Saving Private Ryan. And if you've seen that movie, it opens up with a D-Day landing. And you can, I think, begin to start grasping some of the fear and the tension that is going on as these landing crafts are headed towards their beaches. And then when that ramp is dropped... That's go time. You either stay in the boat and die, or you get out of the boat and start moving forward. I don't know how you do that. The only thing I can think of is it has to be training. It has to be something about finding and seeing a vision larger than yourself that has to overcome that fear to move you forward? Do you realize within five days of this, more than almost 360,000 Allied troops will land on these beaches? More than 54,000 vehicles will be delivered into France. More than 104,000 tons of material will be delivered here. Their objective was simple. Take the beaches, take the bunkers, and move inward. But there was nothing simple about what they did. But yet they still moved forward, even in the face of fear. Now, I applaud all of you who have done this. There are a number of you who have uh, recently or years ago, put your feet in those little yellow footprints and had somebody begin to tell you all the things that your mother did wrong with you. I've only heard stories of this, okay? But you chose to be the person, the people that when there is chaos, instead of running from it, you chose to run towards it. There are firefighters and police and sheriff that we call on you when chaos comes and we ask you to run in to chaos. We ask you to go and do that. There has to be fear that's involved in that and there's something that allows you to move past your fear and move forward. Now, I know that there is training involved. I am not an expert by any stretch of the imagination on what the Army and the Marine Corps and the Air Force and the Navy and the Coast Guard, I have no idea what they do. I have no idea about what SWAT training really truly looks like or police training or firefighter or any of that training, but I can read about it And I know that part of the training is to be very chaotic, to be very hectic, to be very, very stressful. And the idea there is to teach you how to stay laser focused and keep moving forward even in the face of fear. Most of us won't have to do that. But yet I will tell you, I think all of us at some point struggle with the reality of fear in our lives. Maybe it's just me. Anybody else? Anybody else struggle with fear? Now, fear can take on a number of different avenues. And it can look like a number of different things. But ultimately, fear... The idea of fear is to shut us down, or at least that is the tool that Satan will want to use for us. Let's face it, fear is actually, there's a part of it that is very, very good for us. Fear is a vital and necessary response to physical and emotional danger. Fear is the thing that prevents us from doing stupid, at least it should be, all right? But the reality with fear is that fear creates these mental obstacles that limit our ability and our actions to think and to process and to move through things. And so if we live a life of fear, what we end up doing is we begin to start living very, very small lives, when we allow fear to dictate who we are, what we do, how we act, and how we react to things, fear gets to master us. Now, I will tell you, each one of us, all of us have a default when it comes to fear, and it's one of these three things. One, we will either choose to fight. When we feel fear, we will fight. We will confront whatever it is. The second aspect of it is that we will flight. We will run away from it. We will avoid it. We'll stay away from it. And the third one is we will freeze. And if we freeze, we do nothing. Now, I will tell you, each one of those, there are appropriate responses to that. We are willing to fight, and we're willing to enter in and confront injustice, and I think we should. There are times when it is appropriate for us to run away for flight. I will tell you this, if your house is on fire, it's probably not the right time to get into an argument with your spouse about it, or to sit there and ponder what would be the best next option. We know what to do. We've got to get ourselves, our family, our dog, the cats are optional, but we've got to get the dogs out of the house. If you see a snake, you should run. At least that's my mentality. And if somebody tries to put a snake on you, it's okay to go to the fight part, okay? Okay? <laughs> Not that that's ever happened in a fraternity house before. Never, okay? It's appropriate. There are times when we should run away. And there are also times where we should freeze. And those are the times that we're taking in what's happening, we're processing, we're thinking through, and then we are moving forward. There are also inappropriate actions that come with this many of us the any appropriate the inappropriate responses the first one is to fight and what we're trying to do there the inappropriate part is this is we're trying to take control when we feel fear we immediately go into control and manipulation mode Because if I can control you, if I can control the situation, I can control the outcome. And if I can control the outcome, then there is absolutely nothing for me to fear. Another inappropriate action here (coughs) is the idea, there it is, of flight. Now, this normally plays out in actually avoiding Our flight response is we absolutely avoid this. And let me ask you this, guys. When our wives confront us about something that we know that we probably should not have done or something we should have done that we chose not to, and they're angry, there's a sense of fear. Fear that can come in. Ladies, you have no idea, but really, <clears throat> husbands, we're scared of y'all, okay? Yeah. No. And one of the things that we can do in our fear is we'll just avoid. And lastly, the freeze, where we become paralyzed. Avoidance is a choice. Freezing is a reaction. Now, I will tell you, all of us, we can run through all three of these different responses when fear enters our life, but we have a default. And if that default doesn't work, then we'll go to another one. If that doesn't work, then we'll go to a third one. And if that still doesn't work, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what the fourth option is. But fear can absolutely control and manipulate and take over our lives. And fear comes in and fear is something that is learned We learn it from from people, influential people in our life. Parents, I will tell you this if you are a fearful, worrisome person, you will project that onto your children. There's also traumas that happen to us, all right? Dear friend of mine. I think he benches close to a million and a half pounds, okay? He is the one of the biggest men I've ever known in my life, but if you put any type of dog in front of him, he is terrified because of something that happened to him when he was 6 years old. He got attacked by a dog. Still has a scar on his cheek from it. He is absolutely terrified of dogs. Now, this is the same guy that will pay will juggle snakes. And I'm like, no, dude, I, no, uh-uh. Here's a dog. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, you give me a snake, forget it. Forget it. But that was a very real trauma that happened to him. And when there are anything like that happens again, his response is normally anger and control and he will move heaven and earth to make sure that dog does not come near to him. I mean, I've seen him literally climb into his car and shut the door until the dog passed. I'm like, dude, you know, it's okay. We can maybe start with a small dog, and I'll start working you up to it, okay? But all of us have fears, and some of them, one of the great tools that Satan uses is that a fear? And he tells us, and we believe the lie, you should be afraid. Because the reality is, you really aren't smart enough. Oh, you really aren't good enough. Oh, you really aren't athletic enough. Ooh, you know what? You can't do this. And we believe that, and the more we believe that, and the more that we allow Satan to whisper, sometimes yell into our ear, the more we shrink back and the smaller our world becomes. I will tell you that fear, one of the biggest things is, is when Satan tells us you should be afraid, he'll even put this on there, because God doesn't give you control over anything. And that's a selfish God. Hey, folks, I don't want to be in control. If I'm in control, trust me, things are a lot worse. Think about it. If all of you just did exactly as I wanted to, this place would be a mess. I'd be happy, but everything else would be a mess. And the same thing would happen if you were in complete control. Fear drives who we are. Fear can drive who we are. And I know that there are plenty of us here that fear overwhelms us. This fear of standing in front of you all and sharing stuff, I kid you not, when I this little monologue that started, there's one of the things that continues to run through my mind. John, you are not smart enough. John, you are not good enough to do this but yet I cannot help but think of the mindfulness and be mindful of the incredible gifts that God has bestowed upon me and I don't deserve them, but yet he still gives them to me and I am not the only one here. Each one of us are bestowed gifts from God that he has poured into us and he is the one that tells us that you are enough. Yeah, you can do that. You are enough. And the lie that you should be scared is just that. It's a lie. Quit allowing the lies to dictate your life and your world. I don't want a small world. Does that make sense? If I can live in a, if Satan can get me to just live in my little world, he wins because then there is no influence, there's no impact in other people's lives. And I end up spending a fearful, minimized life. I don't know about y'all, I want to have my life at the end when it's all done and my hair's on fire, what hair I've got left. Jesus, I want him to say, well done, good and faithful servant. I want this body to be completely wore out. And I said, God, I'm ready. Let's go. Come on. I want you, it's okay. I want you guys to do that. So don't allow fear to permeate your life. And so I want to share just a couple of things with you. I need for you to understand these things about fear. And John reminds us that It is perfect love. John, First John chapter 4, verse 18. If you know anything about, the, about John, the gospel writer, the disciple John, okay, the one whom Jesus loved, if you read any of his material, either his gospels or first, second, or third letter towards the end of the New Testament, all right, there's one word that you will hear over and over and over and over again from John, and it is this. It is love. And the multiplication and the application and the incredible, what does love look like? And John, in chapter 4, in his first letter, his first epistle, he writes these words. There is no fear in love. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. Because fear has to do with punishment. I will tell you this. Fear assumes punishment. When we are living in a fearful life, when we're living that small life, when we're allowing fear to dictate who we are and what we do, we are assuming that punishment is coming. We actually put more faith in the perceived idea of punishment than we do in the faith and the... The validity of God. Let me explain that. I did not grow up in the church. I came to faith in 1995. I am 30 years old when I come to Jesus, all right? My view of God for years was this. There's this big, giant eye in the sky, and it just happens to be on the other side of the dollar bill. That big eye the big eye in the sky, and he's looking down on me, and he's waiting for me to mess up just that much more so that he has the right to hit the smite button on me. That's what I thought God was. I thought that it was punishment. I thought God was all about punishment. And then when we actually read the text carefully and we begin to enter into relationship with Jesus, we begin to read his word to see that his idea is love. John 3 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. That's great. But then he doesn't even stop there. John goes on in verse 370. He says, listen, Jesus didn't come to condemn the world. He didn't come to push the smite button on us. He came to save us. Holy crud. That's a game changer. That is a total game changer. If I assume that God is all about punishment, I'm gonna live a life of fear, and I'm gonna live a really small life because I certainly don't want to go outside the box and get the smite button pushed on me. Or, or what we do is we say, "Well, I'm He's going to hit the smite button on me anyway, so I'm going to go out with my hair on fire. Let's go! Woohoo! Maybe that's just me. Was that okay? Yeah. Anybody else? Uh, uh, sorry, that's really defective thinking. Sorry. Ugh but think about it. We have friends like that who totally misunderstand that the love of God is trying to wipe out the idea of punishment. It's just the opposite. He came to bring salvation and to bring life for each and every one of us. He came to overcome our fears Love drives out fear. John, before, in verse 10 of that chapter, chapter 4, 1 John chapter 4, he says, This is love. Not that we loved God. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to an atoning sacrifice for our sins. This is John 3.16. This is John 3.17. Love conquers out the fear. Love conquers fear. And just in case that's not enough, The Apostle Paul reminds a young Timothy about the spirit of God, the spirit of God that overcomes our fear. 2 Timothy chapter 1. Paul, who is the mentor of young Timothy, who is a preacher at the church of Ephesus, Paul realizes that he is at the end of his life. Paul realizes that he is not going to be there to help and support and encourage Timothy. And so he's writing him this last letter. And it's a letter of great encouragement to keep moving forward. Don't be fearful. Keep moving forward in what god has instructed for you and your life. And so Timothy or Paul writes these words to Timothy. There it is. Therefore, I remind you to rekindle the gift of god that is in you through the laying on of my hands. For god has not given us a spirit of fear or of timidity, but one of power Love and sound judgment. Fear is overcome by the Spirit. I need for you to think about this. The Spirit of God, God who spoke into existence everything, God who loves us so much that he was willing to put on flesh and become a man, God who indwells us through the Holy Spirit and gives us power to overcome our fears and anything, any obstacles that come in our lives. It is the fear, it is the spirit that overcomes our fear, and it is a spirit of great power and of love. I will tell you this. I am not a 240-pound weekly. I have the creator of the universe living within me. You are not created in weakness. You have the power of the one who spoke into existence the world that indwells you. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, it is that spirit that lives within you that gives you everything you need to be successful. What can you be fearful of? Jesus reminds us, don't be afraid of the one that can take your life. Be afraid of the one that can take your life and take your eternal life your soul. And if we are in Jesus Christ, I have nothing to worry about in regards to my soul. You may take my life, but you don't get me. You can hurt me and you can harm me. You can take my family. You can you can give me the diagnosis of cancer. You can give me heart disease. You can tell, you can, all of these things but I have to be mindful of the faithfulness of God. I don't have control over things and that's a good thing, but I don't also, I don't wanna live in fear my whole life. And so I wanna give you three things here on what to do, on how to, now this is not magical and I will tell you, I still struggle with fear. I'm not up here to say, just do these things and everything will be all right and you won't be fearful. Again, fear is okay, it's a natural reaction, but fear doesn't get to dictate our lives. It is Jesus and his spirit that get to dictate our lives. We move forward even in fear, that's called courage. First, I want to encourage you to acknowledge your fears. The way to begin the process of overcoming fear is acknowledging it. Quit saying, I'm not fearful. Identify it, define it. What are you afraid of? What are the possibilities that could happen? In the whole scope of everything, what is the worst thing that could happen? You can take my life. Okay, 38 years old. I'm on a treadmill at Mary Washington Hospital doing a stress test. I had just joked, so does anybody ever get shot off the back end of these things? If you're doing a stress test, don't joke about getting shot off the back end of these things. Massive heart attack. Doctor told my wife after the procedure that if this had happened in the parking lot of the hospital, I would have died. Instead, it happened right across the hallway from the heart catheterization lab. They moved me into the heart catheterization lab, bumped some poor guy off the table, put me on it. And I remember thinking, this would be a really good time to pray. I can't explain it. But in all the times of my life that I probably should have been the most fearful, I was at peace. Because there was this glimpse that our God is faithful. I've been through, son, I have cancer. I've been through dementia with my mom. And in every single one of those, I have some distance now where I can see the faithfulness of God. And with each one of those, my fear level goes down more and more and more. And my trust in Jesus goes up and up and up. But I have to acknowledge my fears. Define them. Second of all, train for it. Train for those moments when you know fear is going to show up because it is going to show up again. It is going to come. It is going to come to your house. But the more we train for it, the more we are prepared for it. The more we train for it, the more prepared we are, that when it comes, we can see, God, and it's not just lip service. God, I am going to trust you in this because I cannot fix it. What is my role within this, and how do I keep moving forward? And that's the third point. In our fear, you're ready for it? Move forward. Move forward, because if fear can get us paralyzed, it is won. But if we are willing to move forward in Jesus Christ, we can overcome, he will overcome through us incredible things. What is your fear? What is preventing you from moving forward? Why are you paralyzed? Can it take your life? It might. But can it take your eternal life? And I will tell you this, if you're sitting here today and you're fearful of your eternal life, you and I need to have a conversation. And I want to encourage you that there is one that can cover that eternal life that can take care of that fear and that name is Jesus Christ. (laughs) Cancer can take my life, heart disease can take my life, old age can take my life, but I can't take my soul because my soul is in the hands of God Almighty the one who spoke everything into existence. And if I will hold on to those things, if I will train for that, if I will acknowledge the great faithfulness of God and I will keep moving forward, though it may be slow and it may be tenuous and it may feel like we're marching uphill in wet concrete, but I'm moving forward. Fear cannot own me and fear will not own me. I think the greatest example that we have, and I know the pastor talked about this last week, as he continued to remind us in our idea of worry, about the goal of overcoming worry, the goal of overcoming shame, the goal of overcoming anger, the goal of overcoming fear, is to rest our eyes on the faithfulness of God, And the greatest example we have is that of Jesus Christ. Jesus, fully man, yet fully God. Pastor Adam will explain that to you in a couple weeks. Fully man. Holy God, I guarantee you in the Garden of Gethsemane, when he is sweating drops of blood, fear was at his feet. Fear was all over him. As he prayed for his disciples and he prayed for unity and he prayed for the church, he finished each section of those prayers, not my will, but your will, Father, He had trained for this moment. He was prepared when he willingly gave up his life. And I guarantee you, there was nothing about being arrested, being flogged, being crucified, being buried that excited Jesus. I guarantee you. There was nothing about that, that he was like, woo But I will tell you this. Sunday morning everything changed everything changed the stone rolls away the breath of life comes back into that body it's worth it fear you may have won for a moment but the Father has won eternally. What are you afraid of? Jesus says, I have overcome this world. We need not allow fear to drive our train, to dictate our life, to put us in little tiny compartments. Because if that can happen, then we lose the purpose of our life and we become ineffective. I don't know about y'all, I want my life to matter for something. And I want it to be for the kingdom. Because God, in his faithfulness, chose me chose you chose us that's pretty cool that's a God who loves us and it's his love that wipes away fear Father God I come to you and I thank you so much for your word and I thank you for who you are And I thank you for your faithfulness. And God, there's so many emotions that you built into us. Joy and sadness. Celebration and fear. God, thank you for the whole myriad of emotions but may we not allow them to drive our train. Instead, may it be you, your spirit, and your word that identify us, strengthen us, encourage us, and constantly move us forward. Father, today, in the name of Jesus Christ, we're asking that you give us victory, that we would experience and know it, that we have victory over fear, and that we would start living Big lives lives for you and for your kingdom lives of great impact and Satan you can yell and you can whisper and you can say whatever you want but I choose to be courageous I may be scared but I'm going to keep moving forward in Jesus Christ even in that fear Because the spirit of strength and power and love dwells within me, within you. And I pray this in the name of Jesus Christ.